Welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of uh, planet surveyors with way too many board games. I'm Tom, and I'm joined by... Emperor Justin. Oh, shit. I need a name. Uh, Colonel Adam. Oh, God. And Debbie? God, Debbie? <laughs> How is that? that escalated quickly. I forgot to give myself <laughs> one, because I couldn't think of it. I have no answer. <laughs> It's fine. Some days it'd be like that. Uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, our playthroughs of Eminent Domain, a game from, I believe, 2012. A game about spacefaring, kind of, empire building in space. Oh yeah, this is a podcast where we play board games and then we talk about them. Usually they're from our collections, at least that's how it started, until we all got locked in our houses for over a year. Uh, and today, today's eminent domain actually belongs to both myself and Justin. So, that's uh, correct. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, we played it on Board Game Arena. They have it there. So if you're interested, you can go give it a shot. Uh, Justin has a physical copy of the game in front of him, so he's going to go ahead and read a back-of-the-box blurb for you. That's Ooh. sweet, sweet promotional material. Fantastic. Greetings, Emperor. Eminent Domain is an empire-building strategy game for two to four players. Your empire is represented by a deck of cards that changes over time. As you play the game, your empire will get better at some things, and worse at others. Eminent Domain is unlike any deck building game you've seen before. It has streamlined gameplay, where one, two, three, actions, playing an action card, roll, lead a roll, your opponents can follow or descend. Three, clean up, manage your hand and prepare for future turns, explore the galaxy, Expand your empire, colonize planets, or take them by force. Research new technologies, produce and trade resources. And that's it. And uh, streamlined gameplay and explore the galaxy are two, like, sub-bullets, in case yes. that sounded very weird. Uh, okay, so so how, how, does, how does Eminent do... How do you go about trying to rule the galaxy? Well, you get a bunch of points. But to get points... You're gonna need you're gonna need yourself some planets. So in the game, there is a, a couple of a couple of different sets of components. So you got a bunch of planet cards. These planets come in uh, come in three flavors. You got your your metallic planets. Uh, I don't know what they they would taste like like having pennies in your mouth. Um, you got the the fertile planets. That's just like crunching on a big old bag of wheat. And uh, you got the advanced planets, which I think taste like uh, grape candy. That's that's what it. I don't know why. Seems that's what it's. Yeah. Yeah. seems like to me uh so there's this stack of planets and you're going to be uh ripping off of them and and settling them and colonizing them throughout the game uh, you're going to start with one of the starting planets in front of you and they're usually you know not very good and not very hard to get uh, get settled uh each of the planets is going to have a uh two sides on it so the 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 unsettled side before the before the planet is officially yours it's going to have uh not much on it other than two symbols one that is the uh like a like a little world or like a little map symbol and it's the orange it's the colonize symbol and it's going to have a number beside it and that's how many colonies you're going to need before you can use future colonize actions to be able to flip that bad boy over or there's going to be the uh the ship symbol which is how many uh, fighters you're going to need before you are able to attack it and uh, subjugate it and take it by force. 
So throughout the game, you're going to be trying to do things to get planets. And in, in, in most cases, you're trying to get planets uh, in front of you so that you can get their bonuses because each planet is uh, generally able to hold resources, which you can use for trading. They, or sorry, they, they can hold resources that you can produce. So you can produce stuff into the slots for the resources and then trade them for points later. Uh, they usually also have a bonus in them. So sometimes they'll be uh, like a plus one to one of your actions or something. And sometimes they can increase the number of cards you draw i.e. your hand size at the end of your turn. Uh, other than that, you are going to be given a deck of cards, which is consisting of uh, a few few things at the beginning. So everyone's going to start with the same decks, as in most deck builders. Uh, but in this one, you're going to start with two survey cards, two warfare. No, what is it? Two survey, two colonize, one warfare, one produce trade, and one two research or something like that. You could probably um, look that yeah, up. I think it's... it's two of everything except warfare i believe right so two of everything so you're going to start with two survey two colonize two produce trade two research one warfare card and one politics card which doesn't show up at any other time other than the start of the game um and uh what you're going to do is you're going to shuffle these into your little deck and you're going to draw five of these cards and uh you're going to you're going to get get going at your game. So if I am the starting player, I get to first of all optionally do an action. And that means that out of all the cards in my hand, there there are two two uh two separate slots to it. There's an action slot and there's a roll slot. And I can uh, at the beginning of my turn I can use one of the cards for its action. So if it's a survey card, it's draw two cards. If it's a warfare it's like you can attack a planet or you can collect a fighter. Research is you can use it to destroy three cards permanently from your, uh, from your hand. Um, produce trade is like this sort of weird dual card, and it'll either let you produce on a planet or trade one good off of a planet for a point. And then colonize, which lets you either colonize a planet or add a colony to a planet. So you can do your action so you can burn the card to be able to do that thing. Um, there's also other cards like technology cards, which are special, which also have actions on them, and they're uh, they get to be a little bit weird. So I'm not going to go over too many of them. I'm sure a few of them will come up uh, after you're done playing your action. Then you choose a role. So the roles are the same as the cards that I've mentioned. So survey, warfare, colonize, produce, trade, or research. So you say uh, I'm going to colonize. And what that means is that you are going to be taking the uh, the leadership role of the colonize action, which lets you settle a planet instead of uh, putting uh, colonies on a planet. Or you can still just put colonies down. But if you're the leader, you it comes with certain benefits. Uh, I'm going to say benefits, but um, they can sort of be useless depending on your situation. Uh, let's say you pick colonize. And what that usually does is for every colony or for every colonized card you discard during the roll phase, you get to add one of the cards to the uh, underside of one of the one of the planets. So if on the first turn I say I pick colonize, I get to draw a colonized card from the stack of the cards that are sitting around in the like uh, shared area. The, this is the way you get more cards into your deck, as most deck builders do. Uh, I'll add that to my hand, and then I can use that as part of putting it underneath um, putting it underneath a planet. So if I have a colonize in my hand and I say colonize, I grab a colonized card and I can put both of those underneath my starting planet, and then my turn is effectively over. 
The interesting thing starts here in that everyone else at the table is then able to also do the colonize roll. So if they have colonize cards lying around, they can then do, uh, they can then discard the colonize cards under their own planets to add colonies. Um, so you don't have to wait until your turn to actually be able to do stuff. You can sort of piggyback on top of other people's actions, kind of in the same way that Race for the Galaxy works. Um, once you've done that, you uh, are allowed to discard as many cards as you want from your hand, and then you draw up to your hand size, which at the beginning of the game starts at five. Um, and then it goes around, and you just uh, you keep you keep doing that until all of the like pre-allocated number of v- victory point tokens are out, or uh, you've exhausted two of the stacks of cards from the uh, from the eminent domain uh, cardboard. The, the roll section. Yeah, the sure the roll section. Um, so just a quick rundown of what the different roles do. So if you decide to go survey, that lets you discard survey cards and lets you look through the stack of planets. Uh, the number of survey cards you discard lets you increase the number of cards that you get to look at, and then you get to keep one and put it in front of you. This is just you bounding around the galaxy looking for more, uh, more sweet-ass worlds to take over. Um, warfare lets you collect fighters based on the number of warfare cards you discard. And if you're the leader, you get to it. You can also, you can attack a, you can attack a place. I think you you can do that either or I, I I can't remember how these work exactly. Yeah, it is. It's, or it's not both. Yeah. So each of these has a leader bonus. So for survey, you get to look at one additional card for warfare. It is that you can either attack a uh, uh, a planet, or you can get more fighters. Um, colonize, I sort of went over. Produce slash trade is if you produce, then you get to put down little uh, little um, rocket candies on your uh, planets uh, based on how many cards you discard. If you're trading, you get to take the little rockets off of your uh, off your planets and spend them uh, to get victory points. Research is the fun one where depending on how many light bulbs you get rid of, you can then go rooting through the technology uh, cards and look for a card that you like and add it to your deck. Uh, technology cards are interesting because they have a uh, a cost in research uh, light bulbs, which is three, five, or seven, depending on how uh, you know ridiculous the technology is, as well as you have to have a prerequisite number of the same type of planet. So there's like a stack of um, cards that are tech cards that are built around having one, two, or three fertile planets, one, two, and three metallic planets, or one, two, and three advanced planets. Uh, this is all from the base game. I do not know if it gets uh, any different in the expansion. But this is generally how it works. Uh, so if you do research, then you can uh, get rid of light bulbs. And if you're the leader, you get an extra light bulb and you get to go rooting through the old uh, tech stack looking for something that excites you. Maybe it's like draw two cards. And each of the tech cards also has additional symbols in the top left hand corner. So they can also count towards following or discarding to make the actions better or to make the roles better. Uh, if you decide that you just don't want to use the action. So the way the game works, you do your action, you do your roll, you try to get more planets. Planets have victory point totals on them, which add to your score. You try to produce uh, and trade to get points. Uh, some of the tech cards get points. And then once either, again, either all of the uh, all of the victory point tokens are gone, that triggers the last round, or two of the stacks of the regular cards are gone. Um, you can still continue to take the roll, and it gives you a bonus continuing on from there uh like you'll still get a leader bonus but there's no more cards no more filling up your hand with junk um but yeah once the stacks are gone or two stacks are gone triggers the end of the round and then you're you're done and that's uh it's a 
it's kind of confusing. I'm not going to lie. I think it took me a couple tries to really grasp what was going on with this one. Um, but it is reasonably streamlined. It's not as streamlined as something like uh, something like Dominion, where it's just like you do your thing, you buy some stuff, and you throw all your cards out. But it is, you know, it's not bad. Um, did I miss anything, Justin, or anyone else? I don't think you did. Cool. Nailed it. So. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a... I mean, there's a lot going on in this game, and it is, um, it's just another one that, that benefits greatly from more than one playthrough, just so you can, because the first one, you, you won't have a clue. Like, you'll just be like, yeah, that's <laughs> <What>? a thing. <laughs> it's like, what do I do? Yeah. Do I, do I do this thing? Do I do this thing? Is this, is this a good idea? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's uh you know I don't know if board game arena is helping much when it's like bonging at you and showing you the <laughs> seven hundred different things you can be doing and throwing up red and, banners every time you click something wrong. Yeah, and, and telling you that you are doing a suboptimal move, you not do it. <laughs> it's like yeah, I know. What? I know, I just want another <laughs> research card. Fuck off. I know. I don't want to buy anything. I just want another research card. You sure? I had to click twice to get through that. You're playing it wrong. I mean, that was a little bit of me completely forgetting how the game worked, for sure. Interestingly, like, the physical copy of this game, um, so on Board Game Arena, it looks, you know, I I think you miss a lot of the humor that is kind of going on in the card art, uh, which is a bit of a shame. All the card art is quite quite interesting. Uh, Like, the technologies and stuff are pretty fun. Um, Some of them are really weird. Um, With with this game, in the physical form, the, uh, the tokens that you use for your fighters, so fighters are what you need to... If you want to just go and like, I don't know, carpet bomb a planet and take it over. The fighters in this game are actually like 3D printed plastic fighters for like no reason in the base game. Just like the the most baffling coin system ever designed in a in a board game. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, especially since like the, the resources are just little, you know, little mints. Yeah, they're little like little mints. rockets yeah. that you just put on your yeah. uh, little rocket candies you put on your planets. And then your your fighters, which don't really get you anything other than like you can stockpile them, I guess. And there are some things that you can trade them with, but they don't do anything. Like you don't use them to actually get into miniature battles or anything. It's just they're they're just super cool and they're there, but they don't really do much. It is It is very funny. They're there to like play like poker chips. The expansion, I think, does find some way to make them useful. Like, because even if you in, in the physical version, like they're all there's also like different types of ships. There's like there's two little, different types, like yeah. little ones and big ones. So it's like they went they went the extra mile to make the ships different, and then they still don't get used for anything other than nope. just being money. Very strange, but still cool. I don't know. I thought that was fun. Yeah. with I think some of it is just future-proofing um, because I think all the expansions for this game come in like little tiny small boxes. Yeah. Um, so they wanted to put all the big stuff in the big box um, because I'm pretty sure the first expansion, Escalation, um, does provide a a, a use for the uh, the larger uh, the larger fighters yeah still it was just like when i first got this game and i because i thought it was a cool concept you know it's kind of like dominion yeah. in space and uh it's like oh what are these cool fighters for they put a lot of effort into these oh <laughs> oh n- nothing <laughs> not much neat <laughs> how many expansions are there there are three um escalation 20 came out in 2014 then exotica in 2016 and oblivion in 
2018. I mean, interesting. Oblivion is very synonymous. Uh, that's that's when those I multiple felt. size ships come into play. Yeah. <laughs> Were you I mean, staring I, into Oblivion, Debbie? I for the first little while, I definitely had no clue what was going on. Um, there's it. Yeah, it was very. I want to almost say misleading, but I. Not really. I mean, it might be a, a a me expectation thing. I don't know. I'm sure I say that a lot. But I kind of, like, there's little things here and there that like just really threw me off. Um, and one of those being having to do with the fighters, obviously not the size or anything like that, because, well, we played online. So, um, but when I, when I had them and I remember like the, our first round, I had no, literally like start of the first game, I came up first and I was like, all right, how many buttons can I click without it giving me a red banner? Um, <laughs> right? Like that, that was the game that I was playing when we first started was how can you, how can you beat board game arena? Limit testing the board game arena UI. Yeah. I, uh, and so for the first little while, I had really no idea what was going on, but I remember the one of the first things that I could actually figure out how it worked, which, I mean, I'm sure Adam will say that this is par for the course, but I, I, I got a fighter out. That was, <laughs> that was my first move. And I'm thinking in my mind that I'm getting fighters out because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like hyper aggressive and I'm, I'm going to go try to steal somebody's planet. And then, you know, like as I'm warming up in the game and I'm, I'm trying to figure out kind of what I want to do, here's my, uh, I don't know, my confession for the, for the day is I originally used the fighters on my own planet because I didn't want to feel stupid for attacking a useless planet. I was like, Kate, I'm going to do it this way first. Make sure I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing. So nobody, I go and attack somebody else's planet and they say, you know, Hey Debbie, that was really dumb. And so I think I'm, you know, like, I don't know, being nice or something. Uh, I mean, tongue in cheek, but later on I find out, I was like, Hey, so like you can attack other planets, right? And the guys are like, uh, no. What do you mean? Like, I'm attacking my my, my own planets? What? <laughs> and that, I honestly, that was probably the, the point when I was like, I don't know, something clicked in my brain and I was like, this is not what I thought it was. Um, there's not really any, I don't know. I mean, there's a competition, obviously, because y- you can win the game or you can lose the game, which I quite healthily lost the game. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, there's not any competition. Like, there's no, like, I don't know. You guys have a word for it that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, Cutthroat? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's just, there's nothing. Like, you're not doing anything to anybody else. You're, like, more than anything, I think you're just helping each other. Competitive? No interaction? No. I just, and I was so surprised because that is not what I was expecting, especially with the idea of, like, Dominion in my mind. I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm going to go screw somebody over and I'm going to make them... I don't God. know, eat a bunch of cards for something. You've been playing with and us for was... far too long, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I need to I crush them. Sweet, <laughs> this I... game's like Dominion. I'm going to fuck these guys over. I'm going to there and I'm going to take every single Justin, which one of these on. is closest to the witch? I... <laughs> well, it, like in, in all honesty, when you, for me personally, when I'm playing games with you guys, I 
typically find that I find often try to find the most hyper aggressive way to to get to somebody because otherwise I always end up on the other end of that deal and have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, I feel like stuff is being stolen from me and I don't know how and I don't know why. And so playing with you guys, I've learned that it's like, if I don't get a jump on it, I am, I am going to sink like the anchor on the Titanic. Like (laughs) I am never going to win. And so I tend to like, I don't know, go after this hyper aggressive pathway. Um, And I tried that with this game and I was like, yeah, you know, Thomas, first thing comes out of his mouth. He's like, whoa, we're going there already. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I got this boys. I mean, flex muscles insert here. Uh, And that is by no means what this game was like, not even close. It's like, I don't know, standing in your bedroom and flexing in the mirror. I mean, just having a good pose down. Yeah. Like I really, (laughs) there was nothing like there was nothing to what I was doing. And that was really mind boggling to me. Um, And so I just, I found that really interesting. I just like the way that the game was set up and the way things kind of progressed in the beginning, I really expected that. And I really expected kind of that, that, that competition. No, no, there wasn't any. Not saying I didn't have fun because I did. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But very mind boggling that it it really just wasn't what I expected at all. Yeah. it And it definitely like if you saw how how like well crafted these fighters are, like you'd be you'd be excused from thinking that there is a little bit of like, uh, you know, shin kicking going on in this game. But there is. There's yeah. none. It's just a, so it's a, just a nice chill game about building an empire, you know, get some fighters. Yeah, it's just go, it's go take so over some unknown weird worlds. to me. Go find some planets with some aliens on them. Go kick the shit out of them. Like you're all just yeah, go send them at the aliens. It's like everybody. It's like you all drew lines on the map, and you're like, okay, you have this quadrant. I'll take this quadrant. We're not gonna get anywhere near each other. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, once 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 you find that planet, you, you know, you put a little flag in, it and everyone's like, okay, okay, that's yours. All right, all right. Cool, 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 cool. Go, go find cool. our own planets. Yeah. I just, and it's, I don't know. It's like, it honestly, I felt like by the time I actually figured out what was going on, I felt like I was growing like wheat. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I felt like, I felt like I was playing an Uwe Rosenberg game with like mm-hmm. some paint on it. It was very weird to me. Like just some paint I mean, on it. If you had the right fertile planets, you were growing wheat. I, yes, but paint on it. Like it had a different facade. Like Uwe Rosenberg games, you don't, you wouldn't see necessarily. A little lipstick on the pig? Yeah. Like I don't, I can't think of an Uwe game where you're like, you have fighter jets and warfare. I mean, doesn't Am Feast for Odin, Feast for Odin has some, has some like Viking, you know, excursions, I guess, you know, but they're not, <laughs> you're not fighting each other. But that's, you're just, uh, you're just trying to get to that yeah. weird looking axe first so it can fit into your tetris puzzle i was i thought you were gonna say pocket and i was like well i mean then you go home and it's yours now <laughs> it just i don't know and so that's what i mean like i enjoyed it i mean and i don't mean that in a bad way but i honestly i enjoyed it more than i thought i would because i mean would i have enjoyed like pulling out the proverbial machine guns and like brrr, everybody sure i would have loved to do that <laughs> Pull out the proverbial machine guns and like turn into Cardi B. Is that what I just heard? Or what? Like, no, yeah. but I like you, you suppress that trigger and you do the oh, who does that? 
suppressing fire like yeah like you just like you're like holding them on your hips one arm out each side and you just kind of sway back and forth so rambo style yeah thank you rambo that's exactly that's what i was expecting to do (laughs) rambo (laughs) i realized that i wasn't shooting at anybody Wow, this is awesome. (laughs) Was that was that because of it's the fact that it was Justin's pick that you were expecting there to be like shin kicking? uh, Yeah, some direct competition sort of thing. I think like so in in some ways yes, Mm. but in a Mm, lot of ways no because it it came down to the like being compared to Dominion, right? No, obviously it Dominion's not pulling out the machine guns and like flattening a yeah, br- br- village, yeah, right? But you kind of take that and the theme and the fact that one of the first cards in my hand was warfare and it had like this big red thing with the crosshairs on it. Like, I mean, you're colonizing, you're settling, you got like warships. I don't know. I just mind went straight to i mean let's go it, i mean it was was it because we had just played uh seven wonders no i honestly like neighbors were about to come at you <laughs> <laughs> i honestly i actually thought that this was going to be more much more hyper aggressive than that i that's the impression i got and i don't even know how to explain it like I, obviously i'm not doing a very good job of it <laughs> well, no 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 it, it it does make sense and i mean like, warfare does have a certain uh you know a certain weight to that that uh, immediately makes you think oh yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go kick the shit out of tom yeah like i just i don't think of warfare like i don't i don't think of like i'm i'm picking up my own planets and it's like i don't know maybe it's a terminology thing right it's like the -hmm. planets are in my tableau and this is like my little corner of the table um and you're attacking those i'm thinking like hey these are mine and i'm just gonna go settle them and i can settle my own but in order to like aggressively take over a planet i'd have to do it to someone else's almost i almost think of um cosmic encounters i think that's probably actually where it comes from i think that there's like a no, Maybe that that, that makes that makes a logical sense. I don't know. There's something. Yeah, there's definitely something that just ties it. And it, I think I kind of probably hit on it with Cosmic Encounters because it's <laughs> like in my head, it's like ding, ding, ding. Um, but yeah, I was expecting something I've, entirely different. <laughs> they, they make like, you know, all the times when you have these, you know, combat cards, right? Like like things where you're you're generally going after someone. Have you ever noticed that they always happen to be like, you know, and, and it, it makes sense, right? Because we've we've kind of they're always red, and we've always we've just kind of like come to accept, you know, like these these combative cards and stuff like that. They're always going to be have Danger like red. red bold stuff on them, and it's just it's that high contrast, right? So you get this high contrast stuff, and it's just like, oh man, I'm going to pay attention to that, and now I want to go and scrap it out with someone. I don't. It's just it's just what yeah. I've just what I've noticed for sure. I guess I the some, same thing yeah. sort of happened when we played, um, was that other race for the galaxy? Um, <laughs> oh, we'd be racing fam. Because I, I believe we had the same discussion in that one, because that one also has, you know, planets that are geared toward, I, I forgot what they called it in that, but it was basically it was combat mili- or military, warfare, military. Yeah. Uh, and that was the and space pirates to take control of planets. Um, but I think, the first inclination was, oh, this is how I take over your planets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel so, I honestly, I feel like I'm, people are going to think I'm the most, like, <laughs> hyper-aggressive, like, 
I don't know. It, it, oh, it's like it's it, it's yeah. like we played so many uh, aggressive games with you, Debbie, and now it's just a string of passive aggressive deck building Euro games that it's like we're trying to gas lamp you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how we've somehow somehow trained her to be like this uh, first strike tactical nuke person, which is just like. <laughs> Like I gotta hit them hard and hit them fast. If I don't kill them all, they're gonna come after me. That's it. That's it. Got to get to them before they can get to me, or I'm gonna be in trouble. That's literally ah! that is what happens. And the bad thing is, is that whenever I'm quote unquote aware of it, is when it's irrelevant and when it's there's no tactic at all. But when I'm not aware of it, is when I get completely like blown out of the water playing a game with you guys. Is what yeah. I'm like, huh, I totally missed that. <laughs> Good job, Debbie. But what did you enjoy? What, what did, I'm not blonde, I swear to God. What did you enjoy about this game, though? I I like the fact that it's kind of that, that has that deck building aspect and that you have, uh, that there is some uh, predictability to it, I guess, like that you can, that you can plan. Um, I... I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of typical of a Euro game. I mean, obviously I'm married to Adam, so the influence is heavy, but, um, I kind of like, I, I liked that ability that I was like, once I figured it out, it was like, there was no, uh, big surprises underneath. Right. And I think that that's part of like that complaint that we had talking about, um, like Justin with seasons, right? Like you don't know what cards are coming. You don't know kind of that, that aspect there's that hidden aspect and so you you kind of can't plan and i think i enjoyed that piece of this game quite a bit um that it is that kind of more that quintessential deck builder where it's like okay i got a plan i can you know work around it the the technologies that you had the ability to get were not um so incredibly strong that they were a make or break in this game um, mm-hmm. Sure, they helped. Like, I mean, you can't deny that. But they didn't, like, I was nowhere near, well, I also lost really bad, so I guess I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I don't think I was, I don't think going after the technologies really hard would have made that big of a difference for me. Um, I think that for me, it just came down to like getting that engine going and and really kind of wrapping my head around what happened. The game takes a little longer than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. Which surprised me a little, little right? Because I would have liked, for sure, I would have liked to play it again. Like, I, surprise, surprise, I don't know. Um, I would have liked to do it again because I think by the time we got to that end of that second game, I was like, okay. You know, like I tried <laughs> I one stuff. method. <laughs> Yeah, like I tried the, the first game we played, hyper aggressive Debbie coming out guns a blazing, <laughs> and she was looking in a mirror. Um, and then, <laughs> ran out to meet the enemy, found out that she yeah. there was there was no enemy, <laughs> found out that the enemy no wasn't there. there. <laughs> um, and then the second game, I was more like, okay, I feel like going after these quote unquote advanced planets was like what I needed to to aim for. And then realized that I just had I actually put more emphasis on what I had as opposed to what I didn't have, I would have done a lot better. Um, and so by the time we got done the second game, I was like, okay, like, I mean, the wheels are turning. I think I, I got a pretty good idea. And so that was 
a bit unfortunate for me that, you know, um, that, that the time wise doesn't lend itself to really more than two games. If you're talking three ish hours. Um, yeah, but it also says a lot for the fact that this probably then does work really well as a kind of game that, uh, you kind of revisit with friends, um, Mm -hmm. and you, and you go back to, I don't think that this is the kind of game where it's, you randomly pick it up and, you know, teach it to somebody new and have a good holly jolly night, right? Like I just, this isn't that (laughs) kind of game. I'm full of weird sayings today. I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, but so, yeah, so it kind of lends itself a little more to that, like replayed game, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see how sort of the, the meta could change kind of based on how many times you play and who you're playing with. Um, because the way the game ends with it, once you run out of two stacks of cards, like if everyone's just focusing on two things like colonizing and uh, research, like the game could end relatively quick, um, but as people start spreading around or changing their strategy, it, it can add a lot of time. That's that's for sure. It's interesting that you can, like, I mean, even in the back of the box blurb there, it says that you can get a little bit of a lot of things, but you can never get a lot of anything, really. And I think that that is, well, I mean, first of all, it's, it's incredibly true um, if you try to do everything if you're trying to research and do military and colonize and and whatever the green ones were and or survey Survey. and and you know you're trying to do all of these things all at the same time uh you will get nowhere um you're gonna do everything poorly yeah yeah you need to kind of but at the same time you can't just pick one thing because if you only pick one thing you're also you're gonna do that one thing really well but that's not enough to get you to victory yeah um well i think that's like i like how that kind of plays in with the follow mechanic where you don't want to be too focused because then if no one else is doing that you'll never be able to follow those actions exactly exactly that's it and that's a really interesting mechanism i don't know that i can it, think it is of another game that really does that fort yeah okay yeah yeah i mean i i definitely yeah that's the only one that pops into my head at least well and that one's fort's relatively new right like it's it's yes, not that's very true it's it's it hasn't been around for a long time whereas this one i mean i'm not saying that eminent domain has been around for a long time but it's it's just it's it's been around longer than fort i guess is the point i'm trying to make um so with that being said i mean you you would have had a quite a gap of you would have had a, this gap of like you know time where i mean again i'm sure maybe there is a game out there that does it but not one that comes to mind um, but this is a this is a pretty interesting and at least in my opinion an exciting mechanic that I haven't really seen utilized uh, in games except for Fort and uh, this one and it's it it it's exactly what you, what you said Justin that you know it's it forces you to diversify but then you also need to decide how much diversification is too diverse. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess in a lot of ways, that's sort of the heart and soul of a deck builder. True, it is. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a fun little take on on it. I, I think the the one thing I like that I really like about this one is that the only thing, the only hidden element in the entire game is what cards are in someone else's hand. 
everything else you know. You know exactly how many points everyone has at any time. You can freely look at all the technologies at any time. You know who and what bought something, what they discarded, how many points they have on their planets, how many points they've had from trading stuff in. You kind of, at any time, you can kind of look and see exactly what the game state is. Where in a lot of other games, it can kind of be, you know, you think you, you know, you're doing something right. And then, you know, the game ends and uh, like Dominion, you count up the points in your hand and it's like, oh, I, I didn't notice, you know, you bought so many of those or this, this and that. You know, there's no like end game surprise. Like you can see exactly, you know, where things are going at any time. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think, and Thomas as well, because you've played this as well, right? So I can't imagine in person playing this game and looking and being like, show me your discard pile. And oh, I, I've, I mean, I not not so much in board games, but I've definitely done it in other card <laughs> games like Magic the Gathering and stuff well, yeah. like that. I've, I've asked to, I've asked to look at people's discards way more times than I can count. I had a I had an EDH deck where it was basically just me like constantly constantly looking at uh, basically I just kept <laughs> other people's discards next to my deck because I needed it more often yeah. than they did. But in this game, no. <laughs> I, I don't think it would be I don't think it would be necessarily too obscure to to ask no, to, so, uh, to see someone's I discard. I would be surprised if somebody did. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. And so I'm wondering if you think that that alters the way that this game kind of plays out on the digital platform. So for anybody that kind of uh, doesn't know, I guess, um, when you're playing this on Board Game Arena, one thing that we learned as we were playing was that you could click on your own discard pile and your own draw pile for that matter. And you could actually see what was in both of them. Um, I would imagine they're probably not in order uh, for your draw pile, but being able to see kind of what's in there. Um, But you can actually click on other people's as well. And they don't really have any idea that you're doing it. Um, I mean, no matter how salty I got with Justin and I was like, get your hands <laughs> off my deck. I have no idea if he was actually looking at my deck. But do you think that that alters the way that this game plays? Uh, it makes it easier. Well, I mean, I think, well, if you're, I think you have to be a particular kind of card counting Justin. maniac to <laughs> give a shit about what is in somebody else's discard pile. And it, it, it can make a difference depending on like, it's like, ah, uh, you know, wait, did, did somebody play their research cards or did they draw before or after then? It kind of takes oh, a lot of the kind of guesswork out. Yeah. See, um, I would never think about that. I'm with, I'm I, with I, Tom it, on did, this. I I did think about that a lot, actually. Right. And <laughs> I so that's, did not. Okay, and so that's why I'm asking, because I can see how for Justin that makes a difference, but I can see how you have to be a very... <laughs> well, no, but I can see a card how you need maniac? to be a particular... <laughs> well, I just wouldn't be able to pay attention. I wouldn't be able to pay attention. I wouldn't... I wouldn't find myself desiring to pay attention to the point where I was like, okay, I can expect this and this, and I want you to do this. And like, I just, I don't play games that way. Like, that's just, I just don't think that way. And so for somebody like Justin, on the other hand, that actually makes a difference, right? And so my curiosity really lies in the, 
is the majority of the population with Justin, where it's, you know, having that free ability to look through somebody's discard and draw pile. Does that make a significant difference? I or- mean, I, I, I think I would be more likely to do it online than I, I would like playing a game of eminent domain with somebody. If it's like the four of us, we play this like a couple of times a year. No, I'm never going to look at your discard box and give a shit. Like if I'm yeah. playing with Justin every single night, like, yeah, probably I'll get to that point where I want to know what's going on in two players. This probably like makes more sense to do that. Um, but like, if you're, if you're the person that's constantly like in my games asking for everybody's discard pile and it takes uh, two hours to, <laughs> to finish this game, you're not getting invited back to my house, frankly. That That's, that's why I, I probably would never really do it in person. I might ask, it's like, Hey, did you just discard like some research cards or something? You, I, I you would probably just ask, ask for, oh, I, I would probably, yeah, I might, I, yeah, no, I might. <laughs> I would probably, I would probably ask. It's like, yeah. hey, what, what did you just do? Um, but I, I wouldn't, like, I would never. I don't think I would ever ask to see your, your, dis, like, let me, let me handle your discard pile. Yeah, okay. Uh, it, okay. It's more of a, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, like any card game, it's, it's nice to kind of know what's going on, and I, I feel like there's a good balance between. Um, there always needs to be a bit of a balance between, like. Have, have everything completely open and a little bit of that unknown. Um, I feel like but, asking somebody to look at their discard pile is like handling their It's really not, What did you just discard? It feels so inappropriate. Like, I, you really? Don't, not you don't at touch all. touch somebody else's discard. Those are their cards, man. No, no, it's no. Like, no, you, yes. like I said, you, you've, you have never, you, yeah. you got to play this, uh, you got to play this commander deck I have. You will get over that right quick because you'll just, <laughs> I was going to say, have yeah. everybody else's cards in front of you. You'll be bashing them with their monsters. It's great. It's great. I, yeah. Like you, you just got to play Magic the Gathering if, if you, no. if you want to get over having someone handle your, your cards or like yeah my side you your side yeah like, that's me <laughs> don't touch no the stuff it's not your business uh, this is mine this is my business if you didn't notice when i put it on the table psst, to be you <laughs> yeah no you i yeah you okay. just it's yeah. interesting. It's a very interesting thought process. I think outside of Magic the Gathering players and outside of, I think, hardcore gamers, I think most the majority of people I think are going to be on, on my lean more towards my thought process, I think. Sure. Just, I mean, yeah. Maybe. I mean, people who people who don't play a lot of, I mean, yeah, Magic the Gathering players are, I would say, like the minority. Kind of breed their own sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, it's sometimes that's, that's <laughs> also mostly just like a tournament thing. Like, I think you have to be a tournament style Magic the Gathering player. Because like, if we were playing a, a fun game, I'm not going to be like, let me shuffle your deck. I don't want you cheating. Like, <laughs> like, hey, can you show me, can you show me if you have anything cool in your discard pile? Like, I'm not going to go fucking rifling through it like a maniac unless i'm unless you and i have done this before it's uh so i don't like i don't even think even magic the gathering players as a whole are like you know just running around touching each other's discard piles but uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) starting with a di on that is amazing they're discard piles yep (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that's how it feels to me. I'm not going to lie. You touch somebody's discard pile. It feels like you're oh. touching somebody. Oh, you just got to go for it. I feel like we're getting off tra- topic here. I think we are. But <laughs> I know it's just that's very interesting for me to know. And I and I do think that that probably does potentially alter the game a bit. Mm-hmm. Depends on who you're playing with. For sure. What about you, Thomas? How do you feel about the game? This is a weird one because, like, I have a soft spot for this game, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me why. Like, I think I like games that are about space exploration and civilization building, and this one is, like, it's cool because it's a deck builder, so it's easy to play, and you've got that thing where, like, you're, again, you're, you're building an engine, but you're also filling your deck up with absolute garbage. And this one is particularly interesting because, like, the fact that you have to grab a card every single turn, like, you can't just rest on your, uh, you can't just, like, rest on your situation and just, like, burn through your five-card deck or whatever. Like, you have to do something. You can't just... You, you can't just create this slim deck that gets you 38 points a turn or something ridiculous. You always have to be putting some sort of junk in there. And uh, I find that I find that interesting at the if nothing else. So I have a soft spot for this. And and yeah, I mean, I've only played it a few times. I played it with like my brother and I must must have played it with Justin. And I remember my brother being pretty confused, but not hating it. And, you know, it is on the longer side. So it's it's hard to bring out over something a little bit more casual. And like you're saying, and maybe this discussion has brought me to the realization too, that like, it is one that you kind of want to bring out every now and then with the same group of people to try to get, uh, get a thing going because of how it sort of evolves. Like I, I even have the expansion because I liked this game enough, uh, but I've never played it because I've never had the, uh, I don't know, gumption to bust it out and explain to somebody who's familiar with deck building that like, oh, there's no buys. You just get cards and then like you have to slot them under your planets and then you, you can also colonize them later in the turn. Um, and I'd forgotten about this game a little bit. I've been kind of wanting to bring it up on this for a little while because it's like, oh, they've got Eminent Domain on there. And I always thought that was a really interesting game. And I still think it's inter- an interesting game. Yesterday's experience was like, I forgot how long this could go. I wasn't super jazzed about that. <laughs> but uh, I was really surprised that even online, so no shuffling, no nothing like that, still took us like three hours to get through the games. And I was just, I was a little baffled by that. And I don't know if we were just being slow or if we started late or something. So the 45 minutes uh, on the box seems like maybe it's a bit of a bit of a trap uh, from from our recent experience. But no, I like yeah. this game. I'm probably, for, for my review, I'm probably going to keep it around. Um, I don't know where the hell it is, but I, I, I'll keep it. Um, I'll, <laughs> That's good. Once you find it. Yeah, once once I find it, I'll keep it. Once I find it'll, it, I'm keeping this it'll thing. It'll be like getting it a second time. Oh, it'll be joyous. <laughs> oh god <laughs> but yeah it hits all it hits a lot of like the right the right notes for me uh f- you know fun deck building is always good it's got like a cool space theme the art is fun um you know you're building up an empire which is fun um and it's got this like you can't just trim your deck down to nothing which is interesting you're always like getting a little bit of garbage so it keeps things interesting the technologies change the game in ways that are like not game breaking but are interesting so there are some that are like when you get up to the 
seven research light bulbs. Like you can start trading in your ships for uh, points, which is like once you get to that point, you've also you've spent like five turns just picking up fucking cards that haven't really done you any good and you haven't been getting planets. So there's a lot of balancing going on. I think it's a fun game. It's uh, it's interesting and I will be keeping it uh, and, uh, I recommend if you like deck builders, maybe go check it out on board game arena and maybe, I don't know, check out a, how to play video first. Cause it can be a little bit confusing for sure. Even, even though I've played it before, I was still mildly lost about how it works with the colonizes. Uh, so definitely you need some sort of refresher on that. Um, so continuing on with reviews, go ahead, uh, Debbie. Perfect. So I, because of board game arena, uh, because this is online and it's free, um, I would absolutely give this a four. I think it, you should try it. Um, if you are not really into the deck builder, then eh, I mean, try it. I give it a go. You're probably going to put a little bit of time into it. Um, but I mean, I think that that's something, it, it's a very interesting mechanic that, like I said earlier, I really haven't seen a lot of. Um, and I'm kind of, I don't know, awestruck by, by these different mechanics that I just, I don't expect anymore. I don't know. So, um, I think that's kind of fun and I, and I enjoy that piece of it. So, um, I, I definitely give this a four out of five, uh, for, you know, a, a good solid, you know, give it, give it a try. Um, if you like board game arena, yell at me and, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll come play. <laughs> uh, Justin, what about you? Hey, uh, you know, this is, this is finally a game that I actually own, which is, which is weird and crazy. Um, and it is, uh, it is one that I'm, I'm definitely going to hold on to. I, I wasn't as sure as I am now that I'm going to hold on to it, uh, when I chose it, uh, to be played, uh, probably because it's been so long since I played it, uh, with Tom and, uh, my brother on separate occasions. And I remember in those just kind of being very confused. I kind of found it very sl- well, slow, probably because I was so confused and I was just kind of like, ah, what is going on? But once you have a few games, uh, played, uh, it, it, I don't know. It, it all starts to start to click. And I, yeah. That, and then since also playing uh, something like race for the galaxy, I, I don't know. Is this something about, I just love uh, these deck builders that have that separate tableau of passives in front of you because it, it kind of allows you to change your strategy and get cards that would normally just kind of fill up your deck in something like oblivion. And you would just never want because they're just not as efficient as something that gets you extra cards and an extra buy um yeah so i i like how it kind of does that and i i find it very similar to race for the galaxy um in a lot of ways but far more accessible i would say uh in not only the art and the symbology um but just the way it kind of streamlines the the play like what do you do on your turn you don't really have to worry about what everyone has chosen at the very beginning of the round and like which one you're going to be able to do and if you get bonuses and yada 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 it's just you you play a single card from your hand and then you choose a roll card and then you go to the next turn i mean really the only thing that slows down the rounds are picking technologies uh which you know when you're just suddenly like uh there's a lot here (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I like how it has everything nice and open. Uh, there's no real secrets or surprises coming at you and you're able to kind of plan ahead and kind of adapt. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I think it's a really great deck builder. It's a nice take on the formula and it, it works really well. Um, and I think because of the nice clear art, and sort of streamlined gameplay, maybe not not simple, but streamlined. Um, I could see it being more accessible than a lot of other deck builders um, for for new players. But um, yeah, uh, if you get a chance, I I definitely definitely recommend it. Uh, how about you, Adam? So just to just to get this out here, first off, it's about one hundred and fifty seven thousand two hundred and sixty two times better than Race for the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, uh, I, and you can quote me not, on that it's not it's not necessarily better it's you know it's just a, oh it's uh, better i don't know i, I still I was, i'm still a big race of the galaxy fanboy that's fair um as as for me uh i you know debbie and i don't own it um especially with it being on board game arena uh, you know, just to, just to throw my hat in the ring of whether or not I would pick it up, I guess, uh, I would probably not a big portion of that is because it's on board game arena. And as much as I really love the physical aspect of cards, like shuffling cards and, and just holding cards in the hand, I'm, I'm one of those weird them. people sleeving them for sure. Yes, absolutely. Sleeving them. Um, you know, I'm, a, I've been a, a Magic the Gathering player since '95, uh, so uh, off and on. So I mean, it that's that's a thing. Now, is that like a badge of honor? Uh, well, Magic, eh, yes and no. Magic first came out no, in '93. Like okay, okay. I just I'm trying to understand the year thing. I just it was a weird. Oh, it's, yeah, it's because like the the very first Magic the Gathering set ever released in 1993, and I started in '95. Not that it's really anything here nor there. But uh, that's, you know, that just to just to give some context to where I'm at with my my deep rooted love of card games. With that being said, however, this game is it's good. It, it I really appreciate the follow mechanic and it makes me want to uh, it really makes me want to like relook at Fort Um I didn't record for it because I was completely overwhelmed that particular week. So I was there for the playthrough, but only half there because I was dealing with a lot of stuff. Again, that doesn't, that's a, that's a total aside. It makes me want to revisit fort because I think the, I, I like the follow mechanic. I think it's interesting to get adds a, a good element to gameplay that I didn't know would be as I didn't know I would enjoy as much as I do um, in terms of this particular game. I mean, I, I would put it in like the seven and a half area. Like I said, it's a good game. Um, I think it would, I'd be interested to know in what the expansions brought to it. I would, I wouldn't mind playing it in person. Um, again, I'm a bit of a components guy and hearing that they have like these 3d printed <laughs> ships and stuff like that might, it legitimately might increase my my rating. There's, um, there's some pretty nice ships. I was gonna say, we're yeah. Not just no, 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 no. Like, I, like I'm not gonna rush out and pick it up, but I wouldn't mind playing it in person. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, like the game itself is fun, but like I already have Dominion and a slew of expansions, and I think that that there's only room for one 
of of those at least in my personal collection and um and dominion and all of its you know 27 children um have already taken that space that's that's the only reason why i wouldn't necessarily pick it up but yeah it's deeply rooted into your uh your camp oh I've, I mean, you know that... like i've had dominion since like you know the dawn of time mm-hmm, like it's, yeah. it's ridiculous I think that that can be the thing with some of these deck builders, uh, especially if they go on for a long time, is, you know, it's very easy for them, for people to add expansions. And, you know, once you have, you know, 10 Dominion expansions, it's it's hard to say, oh, I don't think I want to play this anymore. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, it's, I think it's kind of one of those like in for a penny, in for a pound mentality, right? It's like, well, I already have 15 Dominion expansions. I might as well get the 16th one. And this is why Kickstarter (laughs) succeeds. I'm just saying. That and all the sweet, sweet miniatures. Mm, That miniatures. You are. Oh, man. Feeding into my speech. But one thing, just side note, between Race for the Galaxy and this one, I think. And even not alone, not alone. That's the yep, other one, not alone, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. not alone. Between the the three, because they're similar uh, theme, right? Yep. Um, between the three, I can honestly say that the other two, their cards are very muddy. Like there's so much on there that they're it's really hard to kind of absorb. Yeah, the information, and I think that is a a huge marker of difference in this game uh, is that that muddiness is gone. Uh, yeah. This, this game, when it comes to like graphic design and art direction blows those other two out of the water. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a big piece as to the reason why I think for me, even I enjoyed it more because I didn't feel super overwhelmed. The other cards you just like, you're just very like, Oh my God, where do I look? <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, is this one has a slight red outline <laughs> oh, on the number, God. so that means I can attack it with military, no. but wait, it's also yellow, so PTSD, I need to have man. this. PTSD. And- <laughs> So just to just to follow up on on uh, on Adams uh, just quickly. So I clicked mm-hmm. follow is apparently a mechanic that is used in a few games. Um, so I'm going to go through a couple of them. There's roll for the galaxy. This is the top five on board game geek apparently that have a follow mechanic. Roll for the galaxy, okay. race for the galaxy, rising sun, Puerto Rico. So we could try okay. try Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and. Uh, Never played. And the top rated one that has the follow mechanic is Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. So, oh, that's Lord help us. Yes. <laughs> Lord help us. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> oh, you will. Don't worry. It's coming. Isn't the fourth the short one? It is more streamlined. You're, you're, you're talking relatively. Yes, relatively. Yeah, don't worry. That, that'll be the first game we play when we do another review in person. Oh, God. Oh, God. 72 hours of Twilight Imperium. I think, I think Twilight Imperium is the one that we have to set up a fucking Patreon for. <laughs> yeah. And then stream it or something. Just be like, what do we get? If, once we get to $1,000 or whatever, we'll play Twilight Imperium. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. Yeah, well. It's the only way I can convince Adam to play it again is to just like chuck 200 bucks in his pocket. <laughs> no, you just you invite him over. And then once he's inside, you lock the door. The bars come down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. When'd you get this portcullis installed it, in your it, house? It's, it's like a reverse intervention. Anyway, that's terrifying. Can you imagine though us playing that game <laughs> and then me liking it? Can you imagine if I just like absolutely fell in love with that game? One of us. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, the thing. Like anyway, this is, this is this is completely an aside. But like, we, you're talking about games where you want to fucking ramp up an armada and go beat the shit out of somebody. Like, yeah, that's Twilight that's Imperium. That, that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, man, I was a brain in a jar, man. I was just minding my own fucking business, yeah. and then <laughs> and come fucking rampaging into my spot <laughs> fucking tip ah, see, over not, my jar not play with those guys anymore you gotta yeah the thing is there's got to be more saber rattling and and uh, mutually assured destruction to ensure that you know that sort of thing doesn't happen true yeah so and well i was the brain in the jar man like we we were we were pretty passive we were just really smart the game that i think of that i i remember enjoying with this with in in my mind that type of mechanic was carthage i remember very much enjoying carthage and i i mean it's like gloomhaven right i mean gloomhaven has a fair amount of let's go kick some let's go kick some um, ass well that it's just yeah it's it's just aggressive but it's yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea aggressive. maybe more that it's, like, all against the game. Maybe a little more than the idea of, like, ganging up on each going other. Going after each other. Yeah, but, I mean, mm. Carthage was going after each other, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I didn't mind Carthage, I mean, as an aside. Any final thoughts? <laughs> sweet, sweet, like, I, I ramped us off into a tangent into the stratosphere there. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you like this kind of thing, we've got a bunch of episodes. Go back and, uh, you know, listen to those. If you uh, And if you like this kind of thing, uh, you can do us a big favor. You can do like and subscribe and, uh, you know, ratings and stuff. But, I mean, just sharing it around would be really cool. Uh, it'd be nice to get this out to as many people as, uh, as possible because, uh, you know, We'd love to uh, love to get the word out, and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can fire us an email at collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at CGS Podcast. And if you want to talk to me directly uh, without getting any of these other people involved, you can find me on Twitter at Team Rage Tom. Uh, and uh, do you have anything for us, Justin? Hi. Well, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on the twitterverse at don't trust justin uh you can uh let me know which is the better game uh eminent domain or race for the galaxy i want to know how about you adam oh sorry i was just tweeting at this guy called at don't trust justin about how much better <laughs> eminent domain is than race for the galaxy sorry sorry uh let me just and 157 yeah okay and tweet okay so if you guys if you want to get a hold of me and respond to the twitter feud that justin and i are about to engage in uh you can catch me on social media at for the win f-o-r-t-h-e-w-h-y-n you can also catch me on twitch twitch.tv slash for the win uh same spelling we are uh i'm live every thursday and friday night starting at 8 p.m eastern saturday sunday morning at 11 30 a.m eastern we're doing all kinds of stuff uh i've been bitten by the telltale bug so um i said that i was going to be kind of jumping in and out of the walking dead telltale games like we do a game then we go do something else then we do a game and then um a then i just I just got wrapped up in it. So now we are going to be pushing through the Telltale Walking Dead. So come hang out. And that is that. Debbie. Yeah. So you guys can get me at, at Mrs. Wynn. That's at M-R-S-W-H-Y-N on Instagram and Twitter. 
Um, like Tom said, you know, if you like this, please uh, follow us, get us on Twitter. Uh, listen, I promise not all the episodes are me coming up with really, really weird, like, I don't know, metaphors. Trying to come up with your own turns of phrase. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm not normally like this, all right? So, if you like this, then, you know, follow us. I can't guarantee that they're going to be nearly as weird. But, hey, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So, uh, like Tom said, at CGS Podcast on Twitter, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, If there's anything you think we should try, uh, give us a shout. Let us know. We're still online. Uh, We're still doing things at a healthy distance. So, um, we can't slap Justin as of right now, no matter how many people request it. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Hello. What's his name? Mm. It's Justin. No, not you. The other one. The one that asked us to slap you. He follows us. He's awesome. He, he who shall not be named. He who I... <laughs> his name's Thank Busy you, Dad on Twitter. Busy Dad. Oh, uh, yeah. I was yeah, like... That was a funny I line. wanted to say Busy Dad, and I was like, mm, I feel like that's wrong. But shout out to Busy Dad. Super awesome. He asked me to slap Justin at least once now. So... He hits us up on Twitter. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, So please follow suit and say hello. Um, Other than that, that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got. Thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll be back at you next week with something fun. Thanks a lot. uh, And uh, enjoy your week or whatever. Uh, Oh, what? Uh, Gotta go. Gotta go. Bye. Bye. Run quickly. Push the car. (laughs) The portcullis is closing. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 